Hey lovely ladies, it's Jen. I'm a mental wellness weight loss coach and I help women who are struggling with emotional eating. It can be a roller coaster ride of cravings and comfort and just drive you absolutely bonkers. So I break down how you break free from emotional eating, binge eating, chronic dieting, and kind of take a new approach, an untraditional approach to the way we look at eating, the way we look at weight loss, and the way that we look at living. So enjoy. This podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be used as medical treatment or medical diagnosis. So today's episode with Chelsea is really a eye-opening and it just shows you how important it is to look from a holistic eye on your weight loss journey and how much goes into how your your body's operating, how it holds on to weight. So she is a student of the human mind and body for over 20 years. She's got a background in applied behaviors analysis. She's a registered nurse and FDN practitioner. So she works with driven women who are tired of hiding from life, trying to figure out digestive and hormone hormone imbalances on their own and supports them with personalized plans so they can love themselves and feel good in their own skin. She's also an author of Healed His Way, where she shares natural healing techniques and have helped many other experience health in the way that it was intended. So we really went into her philosophy of um, like ancient principles or timeless principles of what that looks like. And so many of the, you know, practices are actually very low cost or free. It's just a redirection of your um, intention and how you can put this into your everyday life and put it into this modern lifestyle. So I even, I asked some questions just for you listeners in the sense of like, yeah, but (laughs) how do we do this today in today's age, in today's day and age? And I know it can be challenging. It can be overwhelming and feel um, like, oh my gosh, I have to change everything. But when you have someone that's helping you move forward and taking the time to show you and, you know, be with you as you integrate these things into your life and create new habits, create new identity around yourself. I mean, when you get to a point where you get so fed up um, of feeling like shit, basically, FYI, I curse in my podcast. I don't. So, you know, she has she, she uses food as medicine and healing, and she also goes beyond the labels. So this was another interesting topic that came up of like labels. Like, do you label yourself with I'm on this diet and this is who I am? Do you take on like I am a meat eater or a non-meat eater or I don't eat sugar? It's, you know, or this is this is how I operate. This is who I am. And changing those labels within yourself to create change within your um, self and not holding on to a diagnosis because we get into a lot of times women's weight issues are actually correlated with again their hormones and digestive issues. So you know if you're in all the Facebook groups and it's these um, I have SIBO or I have IBS or I have this and 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 it is a community where you feel very safe and comfortable, it can actually be hard to move away from it because this is now your group. This is, these are your people. So it can be like, well, wait a minute, how do I move away from this when this is now my life? So it can get, um, it's an interesting topic. And, and I think she brings some real truth to it. She brings it alive in a very um, clear, direct way that makes a lot of sense. 
Um, and she shared her story. She was an out of control sugar addict, addict from day one. Like she started, you know, a lot of these issues start pre in the womb, which is kind of crazy. It can feel a little bit like, well, I have no control over that. Yes, but you have control over it today. So she's proof of, she had these issues. She had diagnosis. She was in medicate, had medications. And she now at 42 has turned it around and has created health and only is aging better and more well. So that's got to give you some, I mean, listening to this episode, you get some like, okay, it can be done. How do I do it? You know, it can just start to open up your eyes into what, um, health could look like for you. And she's using these uh, modalities and from an approach that I can relate to in maybe not all of it, I'll be honest with you there, but so much of it, of it is about your mind, your body, your spirit. You can't just look at uh, one thing and think you will solve the complete puzzle. Health uh and what that looks like. So weight loss is not a linear. I know you think it's just about the scale going down, but if you want long-term weight loss, that's easy to sustain. That becomes effortless. That is helpful to the body so that you feel not only like in your best weight, but like your energy, your vitality, your mobility, your ability to age. Well, you need to look at all of these, uh, parts of you. And Chelsea just does a really, really great job. You can just tell she's authentic. She walks the talk. She lives what she preaches. She's very passionate, uh, very dedicated to helping her clients and creating health because, you know, it's, it's an important part of you and how you show up in the world and then how you impact others. Like it is fundamental your health, you know, health is wealth, people. We got to, we know this, <laughs> which if we know this, that means we need to spend the time, the effort, the uh, money, sometimes the energy into creating and maintaining your health for the long term. So enjoy this episode, get to know some of the things that you can do today that won't cost you a dime. Um, and start to reframe some of the messaging that you're giving yourself and receiving from the outside world to create your best life and feel your best. And without further ado, um, let me get this episode started. All right. Love you. Bye. And as my seven-year-old would like to say, sharing is caring. So send to a friend you think would benefit. And of course, on your socials, I'll love you forever. And don't forget to subscribe to Freedom Within to not miss any other future interviews or episodes to the show. Enjoy. Yeah. Okay, guys. So we got to hear an overview of Chelsea. Am, am I saying that right? Chelsea. Yeah. Okay. That's what I wanted to ask you, actually. <laughs> How to pronounce names. I'm a name butcher. Okay. So, um, but I'd love to hear from you, your story in particular, and why you help women return to health. Like what brought you to this place? My mom was a sugar addict. She lived on strawberry shortcake from the time I was in the womb. It was her biggest craving. And she also had candida overgrowth, which is kind of like a type of yeast or a fungal infection. And so I was really born into that. And when I was born, I had colic and chronic digestive issues the whole time I was a child. And that moved me into a place of really sugar addiction myself. I kind of just started, you know, leaning toward those foods. And the longer I 
lived that life, you know, just really craving those sweeter things. I think just the, the worst, my constipation and chronic digestive issues got. And I ended up with my first diagnosis at age seven. I was hypoglycemic, which means I had low blood sugar. And that kind of ran in my family as well. And I thought I was just, you know, doomed to get everything that ran in the family. And by the time I was 12, I was actually put on birth control. And a lot of this, I think, was stemming from just poor, poor nutrition, just all the things that I was really trying to do from the time I was a child that were right in my family. We had a garden, we had, you know, animals, we had all those things that we would use as food. But a lot of the things that I leaned toward was more on the unhealthy food spectrum. So um, by the time I was, you know, in middle school, I was anxiety, depression, and I was put on medications for that. I was put on antipsychotics in my twenties. And by the time I was 27, I was actually in perimenopause. So I had not had a cycle in three years. And at that point I was just, you know, I was in nursing school or I just finished nursing school. I was a nurse. I was seeing a lot of the same things in the patients I was taking care of. And I realized that this could not be the answer to where we were headed as a people, right? Like what, what were we missing? What is wrong? So at that point I started studying how food is medicine and how our bodies are actually created to heal themselves. And I went on a mission to do that in my life. And I completely turned my life around my health around. I stopped every medication that I was taking. I reversed every diagnosis that I ever received. And uh, I'm 42 now, I'm cycling, I'm menstruating, I'm all the things. Again, I reversed that perimenopausal diagnosis, everything. And when I did that, I realized that people were missing this message. You know, this is something that people need to hear. This is what's possible when we start giving the body what it needs to thrive. And so I just went on a mission to share that message with as many women as possible. And that's kind of what brought me into the work uh, that I do today. That's amazing. And so it's, I can't believe it starts, not can't believe, but we are seeing actually now more, it's starting younger and younger, a lot of diagnosis is a lot of like being put on prescription medications. And then the fact that you have a background in nursing and getting to see from both sides, like you are coming from it from like a full spectrum perspective, um, more so than maybe someone that's just been in the holistic space or so hearing, you know, getting to see someone from both sides, I think is kind of, um, you're going to get a really good gauge on what's really gone going on. And I love the healthcare industry and where it has its place, but in the sense of nutrition or just underlying root causes or um, being able to take that, like, how does, how does someone know that they don't, where do we rely on the healthcare industry? And then where do you rely on yourself and like finding these answers for yourself? Does that make sense? I know I'm kind of going off topic here, but hearing your story, like you took it into your own hands, being in that space. And that's difficult to do. We're not taught, you know, we're, we're not taught that food is medicine. We're not taught that our bodies are actually created to heal themselves. And it's really when we start doing our own research and going back to the basics of healthy living that, you know, our ancestors even lived by, I think is where we learned that, Hey, we're really off track here. Like when did medication become the first response to an illness? Like what, why did my doctors never ask me what I was eating when I came in with digestive issues? That was never a question. And then the diagnosis of blood sugar issues. It was just a diagnosis. Here's a little orange tablet. Take this. 
if anything ever happens, if you feel like you're going to pass out, I was passing out at seven years old on the playground. That's how I got my diagnosis. And they gave me a little orange tablet. If I ever felt weak, well, what seven-year-old really understands that? Yeah. You know, but and you're little, you're going to rely on the adult and you're going to rely on the doctor and you're going to, you know, just be a good kid and do what you're told, which is what most would do. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It's, so we're never, go ahead. We're, no, we're not, we're yeah. just about nutrition. I think also societally, like we tend to look for that quick thing, you know what I mean? Especially diet industry, diet culture, it is, you know, gets the, the traction is the quick fix and we want fast results, especially if you're in pain. So I can understand that you want to fix it. You want to get rid of it. You want to move on with your day when really we need to look at like long-term, how do we like have fundamental systems in place and fundamental knowledge in place to help heal ourselves and stay, stay healthy. So I'm glad you're here. And you know, a lot, there's a lot of food dogma out there and many of the listeners have been on multiple diets. So how are traditional diets missing the mark and causing more harm long-term? And how does this approach to looking at food as medicine differ than like that quick this, that diet that I just talked about that we're so ingrained and kind of like, uh, taught to just go fast versus like have health. Yeah. So there are so many good things about these traditional diets, right? So there's always like, and we can look at those and say, oh, that's the next best thing. Oh, oh, that's what I'm missing. You know, and every time something new comes around, we think, oh, we're missing that. And the truth is, is that's kind of a half truth. Yes, we are. What we're missing is the basics and the foundational principles of using food. And we can use food as medicine, or we can use food like we can use, like I have done in the past, I've used food as a crutch, right? It was something that I was addicted to. I was addicted to sugar. I was addicted to the processed foods. And I find that that is a part of the problem and why people fail jumping from one food plan to the next. And they're jumping from diet to diet, expecting the diet to fix them. And the problem is, is that it's human nature for us to not give up the things that are actually making us sick. Mm -hmm. So we love them right? We love the sweeter things in life. So even if we go keto, which is removing a lot of the sugar, we're going to lean toward making those almond flour cookies with healthier sugars over eating the real true vegetables and things like that. So we're still, we're replacing one unhealthy food for another food that is a little bit healthier but another big piece of this problem is that we're removing a lot of the things that we need and a lot of the nourishment that we need when we're getting on these food plans as well. So for example, if you're on keto, a lot of keto plans will remove fruit entirely. It will remove a lot of vegetables entirely because they say they're too high in starch. They're too high in sugars. It's going to cause you to hold on to you know, sugar, to burn sugar as fuel, to hold on to your body fat. And so we're removing entire food groups and that's not healthy either. So what you find is a lot of people are attracted to something like keto because they think, oh, I can eat bacon and cheeseburgers and, you know, I can just put a little bit of lettuce and tomato on there and that's perfectly fine. I'm okay with cutting out fruit because now I'm going to make this almond flour cookie and I get my sweets over here. So we're eating all white food, brown food, you know, it's, it's still whole, 
but technically we're not getting a lot of the nutrition that's giving us the polyphenols and the antioxidants and all the things that our body needs to really use for fuel. So, and I, you know, as an example, but it happens with all of them. How do you know if you have like a sugar addiction or if you're addicted to these types of food, like how, cause it is so normal and prevalent. And like, I think, you know, you're saying on the space of having that, you're going to get those nutritional deficient deficiencies and have issues there. And I look at too, like the emotional uh, issues that can come in from eliminating a full food group, or even the emotional backlash of having the nutritional deficiencies, because that can lead to mood swings that can lead to hormonal imbalances that then lead to your depression and all those things. Like, it's almost like these are building blocks to how your body's put together. So ultimately it will affect how you feel and your emotional, um, wellness and mental wellness and all of those things. So swing back to the question of just like, how does someone know, like, okay, I'm actually addicted to sugar. I'm addicted to, you know, these foods. What does that look like? It's so much more common than what we think because we're, we're not only addicted to food, like we're addicted to technology. We're addicted to a lot of things. It's really that dopamine hit. So we're looking for that dopamine. We're looking for that feel good. It's like, how can we get that feel good feeling. And so if we're down and we're say we're having a stressful moment and we don't want to dive into the task that we're doing at work, because maybe it's challenging. Maybe what we're going through is a little bit difficult. And we say, oh gosh, I'm hungry. I I, I just need to go in the kitchen and get something. And then I'll come back to this. You're using food as comfort at that moment. You're not hungry. Your body signaled hunger because you're avoiding a task that's a little bit difficult. So you're using food as medicine in the wrong way because you're using it as a coping mechanism. Now, when you go to the kitchen, you're not hungry for broccoli. You're hungry for, even if it's yogurt and something sweet, I'm going to have some yogurt and granola. A lot of times we're going to that healthier option. And sometimes we're going for the chocolate candy bar. You know, we're going for something. We want something carby. And why do we want carbs? Because carbs are fueling that dopamine. They're fueling the energy. Uh, another example, you might have that 3 p.m. lag time. You know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna reach for a again, broccoli. You're not gonna reach for vegetables, you're not gonna reach for celery sticks. You're probably gonna reach for coffee, you're gonna reach for a donut, you're gonna reach for something else. Some women say, Well, I just have to have a piece of chocolate you know, after every meal, like my meal's not complete unless I have something sweet. So they're adding a dessert onto the back side of every meal. Well, so yeah. Is there a place for these sweets? The sugar is, the, is that allow, or I don't want to say allow, like, is there a place for it? Or is it, you know, should, are you saying it should not be our first choice? Like, how do you then change into, I'm reaching for the carrot, celery, hummus, whatever, versus the chocolate? Like, what does that look like? So good question. It's really tapping into that emotion and, and realizing that you're not hungry, that you don't need food right now, that it's you're using food as a coping mechanism. So it's not. OK, I'm the I'm of the opinion that it's not a good idea to use food to cope. Right. If we address the fact that we're having a bad moment we have this emotion that we're very uncomfortable with and we choose to sit with the emotion and allow the emotion to be there and to deal with the emotion, we won't have to turn to the food. 
The other side of that is if we're balancing our plate appropriately, if we're eating good, healthy proteins, fats, and carbs at our meals, we're balancing our meals. We're also not going to be leaning toward the sweeter things in life as much either. We're not going to be having the cravings. If you're if your plate is balanced at your meal time and you're satisfied after that meal because you know what to eat to fuel your body appropriately, then you're not going to crave the chocolate after a meal. You're not going to need dessert after every meal. So it then it doesn't become a question of like, when is it okay? It's really like you're reaching that place of health on your own so that when you truly make a decision, oh, I would like to have something sweet today. It's a decision that you're making in your mind to do that, not a response to a situation or because you just simply didn't balance your meal appropriately, right? How long does it take for someone to switch into that space of cravings to satiation? Like, is it going to be different for everyone? Like, I know the microbiome does change your bacteria changes over time, which does change what you reach for. And when you clean up those emotional triggers and clean those up, then you're, but how long does that realistically take? Because it's generally not, you know, your seven day detox or your, even your 30 day uh, reboot kind of thing. Yes. So when I'm working with someone, I can help shift the palate within a 10 day period of time completely. And what happens though is Say someone has a bacterial overgrowth or a fungal overgrowth, or maybe even parasites. If, if they go through a cleansing period and we're trying to kill off like these pathogens, the cravings are a lot of times going to come back because it's these bugs inside are trying to survive and they live on the sugars. They live on a low acid environment. They live in all of those things that we've created that have given them a space to live. And if we're trying to kill them off, they're sending those signals to the brain. Hey, I need more sugar. So we're going to have those sugar cravings. And really that's just when things like that come up, it's more about education. Hey, you know, you're going to crave the wine. You're going to crave the sugar. You're going to crave all the things that is going to feed these pathogens. So just be cognizant of that. When you're going through this process, this is not you talking. This is your gut talking. You know, this is not your brain. Um, And it's really providing space for education to take place. Because I think when we know what's happening, a lot of times we can say, oh, wait a minute, that's not me. I can drink a glass of lemon water. I can go for a walk. I can walk away. And a lot of times those things will disappear, you know, and if you have to have a break off a piece of dark chocolate, then do it. You know, it's not to say that there's never a time and place to have something there to help you get through that moment. I think that we have to find the balance there. Like what is worse, the stress of just that thought bombarding you all day long and you not taking care of it or, you know, the other just avoiding completely. So you're someone that was able to like overcome diagnoses, get off all your medication. Like, I think it's super cool to hear as like, you're getting older, you're actually getting better. <laughs> like, and I think that's something we don't hear too. Like normally you just hear you age, you decline. It's like, good. They go together. That's how we associate growing older when really, you know, my goal is to just kind of keep on going one day and then heal over. Like, it's like, <laughs> I just want to feel good until it's done. Um, but the, so 
So talking about labels, because I think this is a very interesting topic of like, and you have from your background, you sounds like the, the digestive and you come from, you have a lot of knowledge in your toolbox in your back pocket. So, but from when we don't feel good and we're looking for and want a diagnosis um, because we want to plan. So let's say you're having digestive issues or you have excess weight you can't get rid of, or you have chronic headaches or what, you know, you have something that you're like, I know I don't feel good. So you want to, you want a diagnosis so that you can get through it. And you think that that's going to fix everything. Like once you know what's going on and it can be a double-edged sword. Um, I know myself, like I went through a period of time, like on my health journey and I was like a hypochondriac. I still do it where I see supplement and I'm like, Oh, I need that. Like I could be, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, Oh, I have that. I need that. So it's kind of funny, but it can create more stress. It can elongate the issue and the symptoms or, um, within the person, but how do we honor our feelings, how we're actually feeling, like making sure that women know that like you are feeling this pain, you do have the system, these symptoms, um, but not to get attached to that label, not to use that as who you are now. I mean, I don't know how many times, like I don't talk with your girlfriends, everybody's got like something now. And like, this is what we, it's, it's almost another issue on itself of attaching yourself to these things. Like we want to deal with them so that we can be vibrant. Can you speak to that? I know it's a very long question. It's beautiful. I love this conversation. I even wrote about this in my book and that's attaching ourselves to this label. Just think about it from, let's take the diagnosis out of it. And let's just think about it since we've been talking diet and then I'm going to, I'm going to apply it to a diagnosis. So if you're a vegan for 13 years and you've claimed your steak, you're a proud vegan, you've got the labels on your Facebook page, you've got the t-shirt, you preach it from the mountaintop, and suddenly you're getting your labs done, you're not feeling like yourself, you're going through things, you're watching things happen in your children, and you're like, something's not right, and intuitively, you know it's time for you to introduce meat again. This I, I literally just had this conversation with someone recently and her, her comment to me was, I've been a vegan my entire life. I don't know what people would think about me if I started eating meat. Mm -hmm. So we will harm our body in the name of keeping our title as a vegan. Like we're so connected to and attached to that, to the label. And this is where the problem with labeling with a diagnosis comes in you know we need the diagnosis yes so say we go to our doctor we're having issues with energy we're having you know like we're tired all the time we're gaining weight we don't know what's going on doctor says hey you have Hashimoto's you have a thyroid condition you have Hashimoto's you kind of have the combination of these things we're going to put you on some medication they put you on the medication and you leave and then you join a Facebook group because that's what we do. We join a community of like-minded people because we want support. And mm -hmm. while that's beautiful, it becomes a we thing. It becomes, we are autoimmune warriors. We are Hashimoto's warriors. This is how we experience life. This is how we are different. We can't do these things that normal people can because we, and we wear this label called Hashimoto's Warrior. Again, we buy the t-shirt, we buy into the lie that this is what we have to live for the rest of our life. So when we see a guide, like 
I'm a God. I help people put Hashimoto's into remission, right? Mm -hmm. When someone runs across me, there's question about, I don't really know because this community tells me that I can't put Hashimoto's into remission. They tell me that we have to eat these certain foods and we have to live this certain life and that these medications are best and that this, and that we're going to just have flares and this is life. Mm -hmm. When this process over here, the step-by-step plan that's been developed by this God that can help you get through to the end of the story, to put it in remission. And I'm not telling you your, the rest of your life is going to be perfect, but you're going to have better, good, more good days than you are bad. But we dismiss so many things that could help us because we are attached to the label. Mm-hmm. And that's where we mess up. I think that's what interferes with our healing so often, where if we could get the diagnosis and say, thank you for the diagnosis. Now, I know what the disease process is that's going on and I can go and I can read the books or I can read Isabella's Isabella Wentz's book. She was a she was a traditional pharmacist. She flipped into more of a holistic approach. She's helped so many people put this disease process into remission, right? So you start looking for gods like her. You start looking for resources of people that have actually healed and done exactly what you want to do instead of attaching yourself to a label that is really going to keep you sick or could keep you sick and stuck for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So there's two sides to that, you know, and one is almost like a passive victim mode. And I hate to say that, but you don't realize even that you have become a victim to this process or a victim to this disease, but the disease has gripped you because of the label when on the other side of that, it's very empowering. You know, I'm empowered by the fact that I know what this disease process is and it has a name. And I know that I'm hearing over here that people have put this into remission and that is the journey that I'm on. So you follow that path. Focusing on where you want to go versus where you are. The, um, I mean, that even comes into play with just like the story that we tell ourselves of I'm an overweight person, or this is, you know, my family was overweight, you know, the story that we continue, um, or the label that we give ourselves of like, this is where I, this was the cards I was dealt and this is where I stay. And, and I know there's always, there's going to be some, you know, boundaries within ourselves. You can't make yourself 10 feet tall or, you know what I mean? But there is always a way to improve, I believe, or there's always something that you can do to improve where you're at. So, understanding that you don't have to attach yourself to the feelings. Like you can get over the emotional eating. You can get over. I think so many people of women I see, like it's weight loss is one thing, but there's so many symptoms that are felt now. It's crazy. Do you see that with your clients? Like, it's never like I have this and this, it's like, I have this, 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 like I'm interrupting myself because I just want to say thank you for being here. I appreciate that you're here. And if you're enjoying and appreciating these episodes, please leave a five-star review and a comment. It helps this podcast get out to more women to hear about how they can overcome emotional eating, binge eating, secret eating, and have more enjoyable, pleasurable weight loss. I want that for you. It is possible. Do not forget to go to the show notes and look at all the resources that are available to you um, as you go on your journey. And with that, back to the show. Do you feel the same? Yeah. Um, so how do you help your clients with timeless principles? That's something that you, you do, like, can you share what that means and how that 
is helpful to them. I think we can take a lot of great information from our ancestors and the way that they lived. And we are so opposite of that today. If you take um, our indoor lighting, for example, and we're sitting under that all day long, we're in front of technology all day long. I know for me, I'm in front of a computer most of my day and we are using technology as that, that dopamine hit, not only food, right? We mentioned the technology. We're just scrolling through social media because that's our downtime instead of using what nature has provided to heal. So for example, if we just flip those two things and we get up in the morning and we wake up and we get outside first thing where the sunlight is, instead of sitting in our artificial light, one, the sunlight's re it's going to reset our circadian rhythm and it's going to help us sleep better at night. We could all probably use better sleep. I would imagine most of your listeners are probably having some intermittent times where they just wake up in the middle of the night. And I see it very often because we're sitting in front of these blue screens all day long. So that is going to increase your energy. It's going to give you drive for the day. It's going to make you feel accomplished. You can pair that with a gratitude exercise where you're just expressing gratitude for the things that you love in your life. You're not going on this 15 minute walk in the morning to just, you know, scroll through your phone again or listen to a podcast. You're really going to step, step away and slow down because that's one of the principles too. You're not, we're not slowing down enough, right? In the morning you go for this walk, you're also getting movement in which is something that we don't do very often during the day. So you've accomplished all of these things early in the morning, just with a walk. And it's really helping you get back to nature. It's helping you with energy, with sleep, with a grateful heart, with movement and using the sun as a healing property. So it's timeless principles like that, that we can put into place. And, you know, I know we're not going to go out and kill our food like our ancestors did, right? We have grocery stores, we have the conveniences of those things. And I think it's important, but what they did do is they focused on whole food, meat, fruit, vegetables, a little bit of seeds and nuts here and then here and there. Like they didn't focus on a lot of the processed things that we have in our grocery store. So we have the convenience of grabbing those things for lunch, whether it be, you know, a sweet bread or whether it be a sandwich or, you know, whether we're just filling up on protein bars, shakes and nuts and things like that in the name of convenience, instead of going back, I mean, we have to cook our food. It is. And if you can't cook your food, perfect, eat it raw, no problem, but eat the plants, the meat, the vegetables, all the things that were actually created for our body because they have a message. They send signals and messages to your cells, your tissues and your organs. And that's what creates health. And these other foods, these conveniences, they're really toxic to our bodies. You know, how much of these like timeless principles do you think correlate to a balanced weight for somebody? Cause, um, I know, often we're focused on weight loss, the weight, you know, losing weight, getting the weight gone. Like that's like the focus versus health. And I know when I shift my focus from, I'm not going to worry about weight loss anymore. I'm going to focus on like cleaning up my body and then weight, you know, 
came off. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like a byproduct of getting into a new space. So how much would you say, like, I don't know, are there a percentage or like how the importance of the timeless principles for weight loss? You could implement only timeless principles and you could lose weight. It you It's not required that you take a supplement or a shake or do anything like that outside of that. If we would do that, if we would do, and honestly, if we would do the free stuff, I could give you a list of 20 free things. I mean, if you would do those things, mm-hmm. you'll lose the weight. And I think that honestly, my clients are usually the opposite. They're not coming to me for weight loss. Yes, they are overweight. They're not coming for weight loss. They're coming because they're exhausted. They're not sleeping at night. They're, they don't have any any drive to spend with their family. They have no sex drive. They, their hormones are completely depleted. They're exhausted. Um, they're, they've got a, a new diagnosis and they want to figure out how to manage that naturally instead of with medication and things like that. So it's really interesting because I use these timeless principles with them and they lose the weight naturally. Oh, Chelsea, by the way, I forgot to tell you, I lost 30 pounds. I'm like, how could you forget to tell me you lost 30 pounds? This is amazing, right? Because I never ask about the weight because that is, there's so much pressure from society around the weight. And if I can relieve that stress from them, like it's not about the weight, but the weight will naturally fall off. And most people will come into their ideal weight. And I'll work with someone anywhere from four weeks, excuse me, from, yeah, four weeks. I have a four week challenge coming up actually from four weeks to, to a year, And a lot of my clients will stay beyond a year just, you know, for periodic engagement. But during that time period, the time frame, my clients are reaching their ideal weight through just these natural principles and working on getting healthy as they possibly can through lifestyle supplements, nutrition, and, and that's giving them the results they want in their weight. I feel like too, you're saying, I feel like, you know, I just think of like women, they're like, I just need to like disconnect. Like, I just need to like break. You know what I mean? That like feeling of like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm tapped out. I'm touched out. I have too much on my plate. I just need to, you know, so that is why we go for the food or we go for the social media, like that, you know, the dopamine heat that you speak of, but it's almost like a flip. It's like, you're not looking to disconnect. You're actually looking to connect. Like it's like a reconnection, like finding yourself again back into these spaces that you said of like nature and the free stuff, which is like so crazy of, you know, like what it's um, the simple things that can really bring you back to health. Um, but it's reframing your mind a bit on how to get there. So this is a different way to live, which could be a little bit um, challenging coming in. Like you're going to now be a different kind of person. Like that's weird you know that could be difficult so how do you um, manage that with your clients of like they're starting to implement these things that you teach you're guiding them back to health um but they're also going to have to have the you know what comes with that is everything around me is going to be shifting because i'm not showing up the same way that i've always have and that can be mentally draining and can cause more triggers to actually come up it can get harder before it gets easier so what do you do there like how do you help them it's challenge. It's probably one of the most challenging things because we feel like we're going to leave our family behind or our loved ones, or we're not really going to be able to, we're not going to communicate with people in a, in the same way. Or even yeah. dining out like that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, 
that yeah. mean it you. But like the things that they did, the stuff that you just don't think that you do right on the regular, then you have to, now you're thinking, you oh, well, can I do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And everybody goes through this. This is the rules that we put in our head, right? This is like, I, I can't touch this and this is off limits and, and all those things. And it's really more about creating balance, you know? So in a restaurant, I can probably go into most restaurants and I can find uh, some sort of meat and a vegetable. And, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll have a fruit. If I went into a breakfast place right now, I could get eggs. I could get bacon. I could get, you know, some sort of fruit. And for dinner, I could, I could grab a steak if I want to like, so we're, we're limiting ourselves in our mind, but when we get out there in the world, we're there, it's really open, you know? And I think that once people realize how it's just that one simple shift, you know, like I'll ask someone to, I love nature, but I love how healing it is. I love the sun. I love all the free stuff. Like we said, and that's probably one of the most challenging things for people as well. And I had this woman in her seventies and she was just always panic, panic, anxiety, stressed all the time. And I said, this is going to be the hardest thing that I ask you to do, but will you please sit on your patio in the mornings to have your coffee under the sunlight for five minutes, just no words, no music, just sit and experience life. Just slow down five minutes. And she messaged me and was like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And she just, just did not love it at first. And then within one month, she was like, this is the best part of my day. I never knew what I was missing. And I am such a fan of nature. Like my clients just, they kind of watch me. They watch me like do the things that I love. Right. And they're like, Oh, well, I'll get pictures of lakes or, you know, just pictures of people sitting beside this beautiful bridge with just overlooking the water. And they're like, I've been coming here to walk. It's just so, it's so, so freeing, you know, and we think that the facial or the manicure or, you know, the, the glass of wine, we think that's a wind down routine. We think that's us stepping away. And so many times it is our stepping away, but what that doesn't do is give us time to quiet our mind and just to really be with ourselves and to get to know ourselves and enjoy ourselves and enjoy creation, you know? And I think that when we realize that everything was created for us, like the technology has gotten in the way and the busyness of our schedules has gotten in the way. And these processed foods that we've, we've learned to love them, of course, because they are good to our palate. They're good to our taste buds. But when we experience cooking our own food, appreciating our own food, really uh, realizing the nourishment that is providing us, when we can feel the gratitude for all of those things in our life, and we, we can learn to appreciate the slowdown. It's not overnight. It's one little thing at a time. And it's really meeting people where they are. Because sometimes people's busy life is just going to keep being busy. I'll never you know be able to convince a lot of people that that isn't going to be, uh, that, that that, you know, that should change. But a lot of people, the people that embrace the slowdown, I can tell you it's, it becomes that it's not another thing on the list to check off, like the diet. I got to get the groceries. I got to do the workout. I got to do the, you know, got to feed the kids. What are they going to eat? Is it going to be something different? If you'll slow down enough and just take a step back and 
really learn to enjoy the process, then that's when it becomes so easy. You realize that your kids and you can actually eat the same meal, maybe a little different. Your plates might look a little different. You know, you realize that this is, it. it's just a process of, um, it's not really a, to, it doesn't become a to-do list anymore for you. It really is something that you embrace and you appreciate because num- the other part of that is that you're going to feel so amazing in your body and life's going to open up to you. Do you recommend like doing this as an individual process, like first or bringing in your family or what if there's resistance in your family and, or, you know what I mean? Like, how do you handle that? I work with couples and I work with entire families and I work with individuals and it really just depends on where the family is because I have some women that I work with and their husbands are completely not on board at all. They're like, they are not going to get rid of their food. They're, they're going to eat what they want to eat. And I help them create meals that are a nice balance. And what I find is that the men will let me try your salad. Some men have never eaten salad in their life. You know, they're never, they've never eaten anything green and they're like meat and potatoes people. I have to have my meat, my potatoes and my bread. I live in Texas. So that's what we have, you know? And so those families are like, it's going to be a little bit more challenging inside, but I think what happens is the husband will end up going through a health issue or they'll get some blood work and they'll say, oh, I might need to try some of the things that you're doing because the, the woman of the house actually becomes almost like a role model for everyone else. And some families join together. And I think it's very easy for them to just take it and run when, when that happens, because there's that accountability that's very natural. You know, mm-hmm. we're shopping together. We're walking together after meals. Uh, we're focusing on activities during the week that are more healthy, you know, and a lot of times it's like parents can implement it with their kids because the kids enjoy it because usually it brings more time for the kids and the family to spend together. Right. So mom might be teaching them how to cook healthy meals. Mom might be spending more time in the park together instead of sitting on the couch on Saturday, scrolling through social media or watching TV together. Mom is now realizing the importance of getting outside, outside, spending time with the family, doing active things. So they may go for a walk in the park. They may go swing on the swings or, you know, whatever it is. But it's now you're creating a relationship with your family that's really beautiful instead of everybody just being engaged in technology uh, live in their own like world in their head, it creates more of a family dy- dynamic as well. Yeah. I feel like it's almost like you're, you know, you're coming in to heal X, Y, or Z or to lose, you know, 10, 20, whatever the weight. Oh, sorry. Can you hear that? <laughs> um, but you're, you're thinking that that's, that's what you're going to your result, those are going to be your results when really you're gaining, it's like a personal development project <laughs> and you're gaining the skills to have boundaries and have like stand up for yourself and be able to put into place the values that you want and to like learn the, yeah, the power of just being still and to connect um, to yourself on a different way. So learning, to, I honestly think that those are like almost the learning those principles that you're talking about, like are going to help you long-term manage all the other things like those things become secondary and more easy and more in flow because you put those foundational pieces in place of does that make sense 
Like that's where I feel like the diet industry has it wrong, where they're like teaching you how, not that it's not important. Like you do need to know and have awareness of set portion size and all of those things, but like knowing what calories in that specific thing, I feel like is we're missing, we're missing like life. Yes. And this we miss it so many times and it's not what people want to hear. You know, it's people want to hear where's the pill, where's tell me exactly what to eat. I don't want anything else. Like this is all I want and fail to recognize that you've already tried that. You've tried that 50 times with 50 plans, with 50 people, you've spent how much money already doing it that way. Mm -hmm. It's not the way. That's identity change. You're changing yourself. Like create, you're creating a new you, um, without having to label. I don't know how, what do you, what do you label that? You just label it. You, I'm going to be me. You know, I think everybody says we're, we're doing this lifestyle change when they don't change their lifestyle. You know, they like, even keto is called a lifestyle change. It's not a lifestyle change. It's another diet. We've put a lifestyle change label on it, but it's not, we're not changing our lifestyle. What we're talking about today is a true lifestyle change. You are changing the way that you live your life in respect for your human body and your mind and your emotions and your family and your relationships and your community and your calling and your purpose and your destiny, because you're going to get the energy back. You're going to get everything you need to improve all those other things. A diet is never going to do that for you. It's never going to improve your life. But when you look at it from a holistic standpoint and you're embracing everything in this new lifestyle, you're going to change. You're going to be a new person. And honestly, going back to what you said, it's a very scary thing to think about. You're not going to leave your friends and family behind. You're always going to be there. And you know what I've done is I've went to a family event and they had fried chicken and biscuits and I fasted during that time together. I enjoyed my family. I always have food, a snack in my bag in case I need it. The food becomes unimportant. And when you draw the boundary with your family and say, hey, this is not the way I operate anymore. I don't eat fried chicken and biscuits and I'm totally fine if you do. You know, like, let's just enjoy our time together and not make a big deal out of it. Then they'll drop it too. And it it's really when they approach you about it, it's because of their insecurity and the fact that they're not doing things to better their health and better themselves. And they really feel like you're missing out. They want you to join in all on all the fun. And I think it's really drawing that line and saying, hey, I'm, I'm not missing out. I feel great. I'm amazing. I've lost this weight. I have tons of energy. Um, I'm, I'm going to a spin class. I'm doing all these things. I've created a community around me of people that are like-minded and I love what I'm doing. Thank you, but chicken and biscuits don't appeal to me. Let's just have fun. You're focusing, you're really like highlighting what you're gaining. Like yeah. you're like you're 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 gaining a life. And it's I think that that's important. Um part just it's an important part to highlight of like what you're gaining. You're not losing, just like you said, you're not losing these like processed foods. You are gaining so much more. Um, but so where can people find you? Like how can they continue this conversation? How can they um just learn more about what you do? I am at chelseaward.com that's C-H-E-L-S-I-E-W-A-R-D. I have a metabolic food guide at the top of my website. It's a quiz and it kind of tells you how to eat right for your body. 
um, has a nutrition plan. So you can grab that if you'd like to. And I'm all over social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And if you have questions for me there, just feel free to shoot me a message, DM me. I'm very open to having a conversation. You know, what's good to know too is like, so you live this way and also you're on Instagram and Facebook and like operating on computers. So you're also saying like, look, it can be done. <laughs> you're like, you could do it. It's possible. So it's not like you're living in a cave somewhere and you have no communication and you're you're off the grid. Like it is possible to live in this time period and still uh, adapt these principles to work for you. So that's, that's helpful too. Cool. Well, I'm so glad that you came and spoke with us and shared your story and just like, I know somebody's probably dealing with something right now. And, you know, this might be just the nudge they need to like get started and get serious about putting themselves first and finding ways to create a healthy balanced lifestyle for themselves. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Jan. I've I've enjoyed it. You're welcome. Okay.